Please be seated. It's good to be back. I missed you. On Palm Sunday, I served at Christ Church in Hornell, and then on Easter, I served at Trinity in Canisarega and St. Peter's other church in Dansville. My family was gathered elsewhere, and I wondered what it would be like for the first time to be separated from them on Easter Sunday. But to be at those churches was a true pleasure and a privilege. And it made me realize something that is as wonderful as it is obvious. I needn't have worried about the company I was keeping, especially on the day of resurrection, because it's Easter everywhere. It is Easter everywhere. There were warm and friendly folks in those churches, but there weren't enough of them. So tell your friends, fill up the hall. Christos Anesti, Christ is risen. Alithos Anesti, indeed, risen. It's Easter everywhere. We have two rich and dynamic and complicated stories to think about this morning. One for each of the two great founders of the church. Peter and Paul, Peter the rock and Paul the missionary at the most humble moment of their lives, the one naked and the other blind and nearly paralyzed. So what is there for us to learn from and to love in these two lives? There's a quality to Simon Peter throughout the gospel stories which is perhaps best described as a clumsy oaf. He is continually asking the obvious questions, and Jesus himself takes the presence of Peter as an opportunity for fun. But we love Peter because we sense that his heart is in the right place, even when his head is not. It's because we love him and his heart that our hearts break every Monday, Thursday, when Peter stands around a different charcoal fire and openly denies knowing Jesus. Doesn't make sense. How can he do this? But do it, he does. Three times, and immediately the rooster crows, and Peter realizes and goes out weeping bitterly. So this morning, we're back with Peter as he goes fishing with his fellow followers of Jesus. What else can they do? The way, as well as the truth, and the life has been obliterated by death. And the followers have nobody to follow. Let's set aside for a moment the question of what seven grown men are doing in a little fishing boat. And we can also postpone our speculations about why Peter is naked uh, <laughs> when Jesus shows up. But the point is, Jesus does show up. He appears with words about advice, fishing, friendly encouragement. He even brings breakfast, comfort, counsel, and good cooking. What more could anyone want out of a relationship? Jesus is indeed the way of good care. He's the truth of good counsel. And he is the life of good cooking. He keeps his word. So what does Peter find around this new charcoal fire as he stands there grinning and 
dripping wet from having jumped out of the boat to be the first one to get ashore, Peter finds the awesome power of forgiveness and redemption. Jesus takes Peter right back to that awful night of violence and betrayal and wipes the slate clean. Because before the rooster crows on this glorious morning, Jesus gets Peter to redeem himself with one declaration of love for each of his former denials. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. It's a do-over. It's a free game. A jubilee for Peter. And so it's Easter everywhere. And then Peter receives instructions about what to do with the gift. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Huh? Wait. Is this another one of those parable things? You can just see Peter dripping, grinning, nodding vigorously. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course, Lord, feed the sheep. What sheep are we talking about? That's the whole game. For us, as for Peter, as we flip back through the pages of the story of Jesus, it begins to dawn on us like the dawn of an Easter morning. The grin creeps across our face and we stand dripping before the breakfast fire. It's okay that we're sometimes clumsy oafs. It's okay that sometimes when opportunity shows up, we're standing there with our pants around our ankles for whatever reason. It's even okay that we deny the courageous loyalty that our true loves deserve. It's okay because we're forgiven. It's Easter everywhere. And we are redeemed from the despair of our failings. And because it's Easter everywhere, the lambs, the sheep that Jesus is talking about, are everywhere too. He must mean all lambs, all sheep. We are to feed as we are forgiven, entirely without consideration of sheeply worth. If we are forgiven, all are to be fed. And we know we are forgiven, or we wouldn't be sitting here. Just look at Peter. Just look around you. Just look in the mirror, however dimly. Taste and see. And then go feed those sheep. Now, as far as Saul on the road to Damascus, we'll save him for another day. Suffice it to say that if our lives have not included the kind of violent persecution that he did when he was a religious bounty hunter, and if therefore our introduction to a new life of love didn't require blinding light and heavenly thunder like he experienced, we should be grateful. We should be grateful, but we must not kid ourselves that our own commission is any less authentic or any less serious. Saul had cataclysmic conversion because he needed it. The harder they come, the harder they fall. But each of us has been told this secret. However dramatic or peaceful the circumstances of the telling, and each of us is responsible for the truth. It's not a parable anymore. It's our life.
our life. Accept the fact. Cherish the gift. Tell out the story. It's Easter everywhere.